welcome to where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views, they are Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor, where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. It's your boy B. Jones here with the fellas. Minus one this week, fresh. Hope you're doing good. Uh, I don't know if he's out on the road or just being fresh ovation somewhere in the <laughs> in the world. So uh, we're going to keep it going, though. Coach K, you up first, man. What's happening? I'm good. I'm here, you know, 60-something degree day tomorrow. So, um, yeah. Gonna be a great day. <laughs> yeah, just drop that in there in the midst of freezing rain and shit. We feel we we dealing with these days. Yep. So good, good, easy money. All right, what's <laughs> going on, man? <laughs> I, I, I'm enjoying that same thing. There, the heaters are not on. Oh yeah, that's right. Both of y'all in damn Atlanta. Yep. The heaters are not on. Everything is good to go. I, I am. I'm good. A little bit long day. A lot of emails and things going forward, so it kind of drains you, but it's good. Been a good weekend. Good weekend. Awesome. BJ, what's happening on your side? We got regional regional issues because I feel bad. Last week I had to have my AC guy come out and fix some things with AC because the AC <laughs> went out. <laughs> oh. All good problems to have. Meanwhile, we got to keep the heat on hell in the house with the with the baby and the freezing rain and pipes and all this shit and ice and snow on the cars and stuff. Can't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely yep. didn't uh, anticipate winter being uh, this strong this year. Mm. Yeah, that's why I got out. No problem. It was Atlanta or Florida or Georgia or Florida. That was the plan the whole time. Last now, Florida years. is like the, the retirement plan at this point. This is going to be Florida or Jamaica, I believe. I would you you got to come south, Georgia. Tampa, Orlando, south. You can't up north, northern Florida. We had the Coast Bell for well, last month. They were still in the 30s and the 40s. I mean, it wasn't no snow. That, that's but they cold, still got cold. That's, they got cold. Yeah, that's real cold for them. And that, that water, that water breeze off that too. There was a couple days I had to travel up there, Orange County, Lake County. We were hitting 42, 43 in the morning time by the time I got up there. And I'm getting there at like 8, 9 o'clock. I mean, by the end of the day, it was still about, about, about 60, 62. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nights, again, you got to think, especially in the, in the schools I'm in, like, Kids don't have coats. That was a sad thing to see. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal. You don't think about that. Yeah. Not going to buy it for like two or three days because pretty much it's like a, or a week. And it's like, all right, put it back in to like, I always figured that when people come down from up north and they go down south, like, do you bring like three jackets just to have? Or do you like toss? Most of mine are like, I left in Jersey. I was like, I'm done. But I kept like two good jackets that I could wear at like 30 degrees. But I didn't bring any puffy jackets. It's like literally, if I can't zip it up and no hoodie needed, that's it. But I love a sweatshirt. A sweatshirt is is the that's the level of can I go outside or not? If I can't wear a sweatshirt. All right, I'm cool. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll see you all tomorrow. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. I get it, bro. 
Meanwhile, this is sweatshirt, hoodie, long john, hat, <laughs> all of the above to go out there and braise this uh that hawk out there. Listen, man, I the hawk is fierce, and what I'm worried about is anytime that you get a winter that's pretty bad, you usually get a pretty bad hurricane season mm-hmm. to follow it. So that's my concern at this point. I mean, not necessarily for us here in Atlanta, but you know, for folks like BJ Ian. Mm-hmm. Mom's fresh as we all know him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, weather has just been uh less and less mild. Like it's just been stronger and stronger storms, uh, with this global warming thing and getting out all of these, you know, energy agreements. So <sighs> can only hope for the best and prepare for the worst. That's it. That's why in these these last couple of years when we have had milder situations and just wind and a couple of rainstorms come, even though we had that flooding this past this year. Um, down here with that the rain we got, but it's preparing now just in case you do. Like we had uh, um, the last the hurricane impact windows installed this year when it was down and not worried about it, and we had the, and we had the generator installed, the standby generator, the whole house generator installed. So when the power go out, and actually it was the funny part. Sorry, funny story. Like our power went out in the neighborhood like five o'clock in the morning, like a week ago, uh-huh. and we didn't even know we were all asleep, and you heard. The power go out like that click that the whole neighborhood hears uh-huh. but i didn't think that's about it because like by the time i really realized what was going on my power was back on i'm thinking it was just a flash now my generator was on nice. and the rest of the neighborhood was out is it loud is it is that loud or is it quiet i didn't i didn't hear it at all my neighbor even said like yo i was awake um because i heard it he heard that pop across the neighborhood mm-hmm. and he was getting up to see what's going on he said he heard it but even with they, they don't have hurricane impact windows, so it's still just regular sound. Mm-hmm. Like you could you could hear it, but it wasn't the loud, annoying, like running generator type. So it oh, was. Good. Okay. Is it gas powered or? A, I'm assuming it is. It's yeah, um, propane. Oh, nice. Even better. Um, man, I was gonna ask you something. Yeah, for everybody else, go buy your generator now. Don't wait. Do that now. Yeah. I was going to say, you heard that keeping up with the Joneses uh, moment where BJ was the only person on the block with a generator. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure. Everybody, this week, I had like three people come and ask about what, what, when we had it installed and, and some details about it. There you go. Yeah, no problem. Here's the referral. Yeah, boom. Here's the referral permission. <laughs> Let me get that kicked back. Pretty much. Definitely. There it yeah. is. So let's get into this thing, man. We closing out Black History Month this week on the 13th floor with uh, a spirited uh, conversation discussion around some of the more recent Black films to drop. Um, you know, we had American Skin a couple of weeks ago. Heavy. Very heavy. Um, Very heavy. But I was, um, I was inspired by American Skin. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in the group. We didn't get a chance to get on here. But uh, we had American Skin a couple of weeks ago. You got uh, One Night in Miami, I think, before that. Um, a lot of us just got... That was an excellent movie. Yeah. We'll get yep. into it. And then Judith and the Black Messiah. Pissed me uh, off. <laughs> all the, <laughs> literally, all the emotions you had. You had a heavy one. You had the aspiration. You had the, this anger. All oh, they're really, all heavy. Yeah, they're all very heavy. All very heavy. But, but you, I left with different feelings after each one. Mm-hmm. Well, I left because I didn't go to movie theaters. I was at home. But I, I suppose I did, too. But then it's all connected in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's start with the with with the one night in Miami. Um, you know where you guys kind of got there, got kind of got from that one. Because uh, for me, the for me, one night in Miami. Um, 
the historical perspective was good because uh, I had no idea Sam Cooke was who he was uh, until right. I watched that movie. I only knew of the one song that apparently oh. was. You got to go watch the documentary. <laughs> you told us to. And you told us. And I, I was wondering, why the hell yeah. is this documentary on my watch list? Because mm-hmm. I just now interested in it. But then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, Carol told us to go watch yeah. it. So yep. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, but I'm going to go watch the documentary because apparently he was, uh, I guess, murdered by two females. One female. Uh, something been, like that. Yeah. So That's another one of those. This is the person that's kind of, they think did it, but there's much more behind it. Um, and and he was just a he was ahead of his time. Like you heard in there where he talks yes. about he owns his masters and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I got from it because I was like, you know, everybody get Barry Gordy and Motown all this credit, and I'm like, but Sam Cooke sounds like he was doing that at that time. Just couldn't get the maybe he didn't have the right acts or he was. Oh no, he was signing artists. Yeah, he's right. But you know, you got to have a right artist, you know what I'm saying? Unless like I don't, that, I don't know. That, that wasn't the issue. The issue was he was he was getting he was about to be too powerful. Yeah, his mm. game power. And and, mm. and and all and all of the the good artists were going to go over to him. Oh, mm. okay. Mm. So, he had to get dealt with. Crazy. And then he was and then he was encouraging other people, "Hey, you don't have to do what they say. Just do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Proven today. Mm-hmm. This is a past weekend with Jay Z, but that's a whole nother bring that in too. So, you you're talking about that. the uh, the champagne, champagne, and and the Hennessy um, Corporation. I can't remember the corporate name. Buying fifty percent into that. Oh, mm-hmm. really? yeah, the Ace mm-hmm. of Spade. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that they bought into Ace of Spade. Yeah, I just saw the. Uh, I just saw the article a few minutes ago. Yeah, I just saw the article a few minutes ago. Another boss move, man. Um, but 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 let's bring it back because it's really right. easy to get back to the current. All connected, um, but bring it back. Let's go. When All you right. talk about something like that, so uh, I think for me, it was interesting, right? So you got all you got these four people that are all famous for different reasons, but what stood out higher to me was one you know somebody was coming for all four of them. Two, at that level, you had to have other people that understood the level that you were on in order to get checked. Like, who was going to check you? Who was going to check Malcolm X? Hmm. Who was going to check Muhammad Ali? Yeah. Who was going to check Jim Brown? Who, 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 who could tell Sam Cooke, hey, man, this music you out here making, man, what is it doing for us? Like there weren't many people that could command their attention and do that. Right. And I think it, it, that ties very well into what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago about, about mentorship and everything. Um, and even the break room mm-hmm. of how do you find people around you that can check you or that they have the experience um, and, 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 and just the viewpoint to be able to come to you and say, hey, what are you doing? Right? These cats were about to just basically get to fighting. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we say it all the time in the frat, uh, you know, where iron sharpens iron. And that whole movie, I think, depicted it. And there were some sharp words. Yep. Um, 
yeah. you know, sharp accusations being thrown out there. But the intent behind every piece of it was all out of love and yeah. I guess moving forward, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's the bigger piece of it because you got four huge ass egos in the room that gotta oh, yeah. be checked by the next ego that's sitting right beside mm-hmm. them. And like mm-hmm. you say, Carol, only the the people that were in the room were the only ones that were able to do it. Um, but, so I thought but it's it's interesting that not everybody could check everybody. There were people who could check certain people, like like Muhammad didn't check Joe, but he was able to to check, like talk with Sam. And like, so everyone had their like ability to connect with each person. Like yeah. Joe would then pull pull Muhammad to I mean um Muhammad to the side and he can calm him down real quick because it was that level of okay, I, I see where you're coming from, we're not it's it was just crazy how the dynamic works. Dynamic. And most most powerhouses in that mindset has that like I, I hear what he's saying, but until this person talks and tells me that, that I'm going too far, then I know I'm going too far. And you kind of reel it in, but you need that one person. Like you need that. In our group, we had that same dynamic where we just, we can go over and then well, all of a sudden Cable tell me, hey, all right, okay, all right, all right, I got it. Or, or we get called to the side to something different. It's just everyone has their own their own level of, of controlling to make sure we don't pass that hump and see where you're coming from and open that, that your eye up. And then there is the obvious of the outsiders seeing this and not wanting it to happen. Like for the most part, they saw the Muhammad Ali and the Malcolm X part mm-hmm. and, and they didn't want that at all. Right. Um, I don't think everybody caught on to the fact at that time that maybe there was a, a, a deeper friendship there with Sam Cook and, and uh, Jim Brown, and, and uh, you know, I say that, but they were always being watched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we know that. Mm-hmm. They were always being watched. And, and, and Jim Brown, who's very interesting because I think out of all three of them, that's probably the one that I know the least about. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, oh, I, same, know same, of, same. I know of him. I know he retired before while he was in his prime. Mm-hmm. Never went to look to see why. And I guess it was because he decided to go start acting and he was an activist as well. He is an activist as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very interesting to see what, how he was experiencing things. And, and, and that when he went to the guy's house to go oh, talk about whatever, God. you know, that was that kind of reminder. And it's like, he just decided, you know what, man, I'm not going out here playing this ball anymore for these folks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out here and do, do something else for myself. Jim Brown, so yeah, he's still here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the people that that got caught up in, um, you know, the Trump folks wanted to meet with him. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Oh, um, so it's interesting him being on the other side of, uh, I guess history in in that regard. Um, but was he really on the other side of history? So that's what I don't know. I only know the headline piece because I don't really know what came of him. And I don't know if he's like the Steve Harvey or I, I guess a better com- uh, comparison would be like the Kanye West that's that's trying to meet with Trump or not. You know, so I can't really speak that intelligently about it. I just know he was in the mix, so to speak. Right. How'd y'all feel about the different methods or means that were kind of put into play to achieve the same goal because I think that was another struggle that was very persistent 
within the room, um, taking how Sam's outlook and how he was trying to progress, you know, people forward versus Malcolm versus uh, Cassius or Muhammad Ali and, and Jim Brown. How did y'all feel about that dynamic amongst them? I, I they were, it was all different. I mean, they're all had. I, I don't know if before Muhammad Ali was Muhammad Ali, if he was trying to bring people along, or he just had the ability to show somebody that you can be a winner and you can be on top of your game and and be the showman of it. Um, I don't know because I, I I didn't see like I, I didn't, at, at that point in his career and at that and at that movie in that room, I just saw him as a face of people who were inspired by him being great versus him leading a mission like where Muhammad. Um, sorry, uh, Malcolm was actually uh, like leading people and Sam Cooke was bringing them through and, and teaching the background, but like it was bringing love and, and, and happiness to kind of just entertainment. I don't know. It's it weird. Um, um, well, the, the, the theme that's kind of in the background is that Malcolm X is the oldest one out of all of them. And it was almost like, a, hey, I need to keep the torch going. So okay. that's why I'm trying to bring Muhammad Ali along, mm-hmm. right? That's why I'm mm-hmm. trying to bring, bring this young cat along so that he can keep, he can keep it going. Okay. Um, but you, you, the movie depicts the transition of him going from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali and trying to even embrace that, right? So prior to that, um, yes, he's known because he's loud and he's boisterous and he's not um, – like some of these other cats, like you, they even went through that talking about some, Hey man, well, why you got to showboat so much? Why you got to talk so much? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's letting them know that, Hey, you know, I got to go out there and, and, and show who I am. And, you know, this is, this is this character that I'm creating that people are, 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 are tuned into. Yeah. And he, t- he takes that and he uses that. Um, if you go through the rest of his career and the rest of his activism and what he does. So um uh, as far as your question, Brett, about the, the difference, everybody played a role, mm-hmm. right? Everybody yeah. played a role. So uh, Malcolm was going to be brash in your face and, and he's attracting attention because of what he's saying, mm-hmm. but the media has the opportunity to kind of frame that how they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Muhammad Ali, you know, prior to him uh, identifying himself with the nation, uh, you know, the media, they, oh, we're covering you any moment we can. Uh, once he starts saying some things about the government and whatnot, that kind of gets scaled back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sam, that's why they were saying that he was the most powerful one, because you're making moves in an industry that we're not known for. Yeah. You know, hey, look, there's, there's, there's going to be some civil rights, some political icon if, if, if we can call it that i'm sure there's a better word some revolutionary why don't we call it that mm-hmm. there's going to be some revolutionary somebody uh, uh uh pushing the agenda on 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 equality and our rights and how we should be treated and, and, and what methods we should take uh we've always been involved in some type of athletic conversation uh throughout even during the times of slavery like they would come and watch these competitions between slaves Mm -hmm. so that was nothing new the same thing for jim brown but to have somebody that all of a sudden has taken this music industry and now has a platform and an in to so many places that normally black people couldn't go and i can get something out in a message which is really a traditional form of our communication 
and I can now take it and 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 put these messages in these songs that oh by the way I own this mm-hmm. and and I'm and we're producing this so nobody can really stop it. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think the you you said it when you said everybody plays a role, um, and I thought that was most critical, um, especially when you talk about the civil rights movement um, and all of the different players uh, that come up out of that. Um, Marcus Garvey, Fred Hampton will speak about Black Panthers, um, uh, Farrakhan's, uh, all of the uh, uh, larger names amongst that movement. Everybody plays a role. What I saw in that room, though, was how that actually was on the verge of coalesce coalescing you know what i'm saying them understanding how they move together uh-huh. as the fist versus you know the 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 differences amongst them kind of being highlighted um as we've seen throughout history and that kind of tearing apart these types of movements and then obviously we know how you know things you know go from there but just seeing that in that room um that was a move that- in silence though mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. I this 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 is after the fact that we know, okay, man, and, and they weren't the only ones, there was more, right? Because when when Muhammad Ali was out of boxing because of the whole Vietnam part, mm-hmm. um a whole gang of them got together, right, to express their support. So I think the difference is is that now, you know because of social media and because there's nothing that's really, there is no real silent movement. Mm-hmm. But if there was, how far could you get before it was too late for anybody to infiltrate or for anybody to come and start to try to tear it apart? I think that's, I think that's the huge piece there because look, look where they are. They're not going over to, to, to hang out in the fountain blue with, with, uh, with uh what's his name with sam cook no 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 let's go over here to the little hotel mm-hmm. that the black people are supposed to be at we know that when we're surrounded by our people we we kind of good nobody's really going to make anything of it kind of good almost, it's almost like what'd you say say kind of good because you still got to yeah still- yeah a, a little bit but but it's not it, it it took them to go somewhere and be seen together for the media to come back to the hotel Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody in the hotel was calling the media. Hey, uh, uh, these four guys are in here. You guys may want to come cover this. No, because our, our people recognize, look, we, we just people. We just want to hang out. Well, that's the legacy of the Hampton House right there that a lot of people just didn't know about. So when you think about that and just this, the, I say this area, but I'm not Miami no more. But when you think about the area and just the, the historical aspect of that, it was like the hush hush. Like what happens here is for us. We don't, we're not inviting everybody else in. And if anybody tries to come in, we're going to keep them out because this is the place they don't want us down there on the beach. We got to come here. Right. So let's talk about what happens when you can get that somewhat silent organization. Because uh, I, I think that's part of what you saw with American Skin, right? Um, you know, Lincoln Jefferson being able to pull off this uh, quote unquote coup. Um, at the police department after his son was uh, unjustifiably murdered by the police officer in the movie. Um, 
seeing that, and I, when when I first saw the movie, like hats off to Nate Park because that brother gets it. And I think this was a an excellent display. Um, this movie should actually, if anybody's watching and actually cares about what's going on as far and, and from politics on up, this movie should be a training video, like two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, and whatever police for, reform that is going forward, you have absolutely almost, I would say 95% of the content you need for any type of training in this movie because he hit it from so many different sides and vantage points and every, everybody had a voice. Um, but at the end of the day, reason was shown, I, I would say. Um, the, the black perspective and the reason, I think if you if you pay attention and you, you give a damn, you know, if you have open ears, you, you hear it and, and you see it. Um, even the unfortunate events that happen afterwards. But seeing that movie um, under, and, and watching them organize that, uh, it definitely puts you in a place. Uh, and me and Chris talk about this because I, I feel I feel them. Um, and I think that absolutely, I don't know, I, I'm not in a position where I, I got ex-military buddies to be able to take down, you know, a whole police department. But if something like that were to ever happen to any of my children, my brother, anybody close to me, like that's where it's going. Because unfortunately, I don't think, I don't feel like the other side understands the peaceful side of things. Uh, and, and you see it, you know, he goes through that whole movie to walk out and still be dealt with in the same manner. So, so I understand what you're saying. Of, of mm -hmm. Trust me, I understand. However, I think it's a little bit different for you, right? If something like that happens, um, they were not in a position to where their money could work for them. Mm-hmm. Right. So they had to take it in. OK, we got to go do it ourselves. I, I, I think for you, um, that goes down a little bit differently. Like like maybe we end up having to get to that point. But there's some different things that I think you would you would you would try first and have a network of people that would support you in. OK, let's go about this in a very strategic kind of way um, to try and get to the same result. But anyway, we can't publish all this. So keep going. <laughs> I, I was thinking like, if that were me, and I kind of, I think I kind of go hand in hand with Brett. Like I understand, like if this were to happen and I could see, I don't know if I would take over the police department, but in a crazed mindset and so forth, there would be some, some replication or whatever it's called a word, I can't think of it now, but there would be some thank you, repercussions. There will be some that would, would come back towards someone. Um, if not by my own hands, somebody would, because that I just feel like that's not I couldn't just live with that result knowing that it's just kind of a all right, well now it's the hands and it's done. Like you've seen this too many times and you've seen that process. And I I, I don't know, it, it rubbed me in the point where I was like, I could, I could see, I justified his means. Like it was like, I understand this. Like you've seen, and in this process, I'm assuming, and it looks like they, they've already seen a bunch of this happening. So this was a straw where he's like, no, now it's mine and I can't just allow this to happen. And then using the whole mom against you and that whole thing, like that's something you don't see, but that's a big deal because mom's always, mom, the black mom is the person that always calmed down the entire uh, issue, but it was just crazy. I, I just, I don't know. It, it made me upset. And, um... So let me tell you, man, I think 
this one was probably by far the most triggering for me because it it showed you it showed you the weight that we carry as black men. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was one of those things where, okay, if something like that did happen, you, you, his thing, and he said it, he said, man, I can't even do something. I, there's nothing that I can even do. Right. Like my, 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 my wife, she, and the, the, actually they weren't even together at that point. I think they were separated or whatever they were. Um, she's trying to get the, the, the police captain removed. What am I doing? I'm, I'm sitting here. Right. Nothing that I could do. And to me, that just spoke volumes because, yeah, there is something you could do, but the way that you're going to be depicted yeah. by everyone is going to just kind of reinforce why they feel like we're in this situation. But then if you don't do anything, then there's still going to be people, including maybe your 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 wife your significant other mm-hmm. oh you just hear they killed our baby and you're not even going to do anything right 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 and it's just if you think about that that's kind of it doesn't even have to 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 go that far as to we lost a child at the at the hands of a police officer that's a everyday situation that we leave that we live in every single day mm-hmm. of either we're going to be judged outside of the house or we're going to be judged inside the house. Yep. It's that reason right there that I think when I play back everything that happened in that movie, I actually had the, the whole family I watched it together. I had the boys, Gina and Madison. We all sat there and watched it. And it was difficult to get through, right? Um, especially knowing they were all sitting there watching it with me. Because um, there's some times where it's just like, Yo, it's just like one you don't want to shed a tear, right? Because and what's the age range on your on your kids again, BJ? Twin the twins are twelve, Mason's fourteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So and then when when I heard about it, I was like, we're gonna watch this together. We've had conversations, but we need to really watch it, take some time to to digest it, and then come back and have that conversation together as a family. Um, but I tell you, in hearing all the conversations going on right now, I actually think that Link was very strategic and smart in the way that he did things, knowing that the outcome that happened um, was probably going to be the end, end result. Mm-hmm. And I say that because, for what Carol just said, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. There's always going to be some somebody, some group that you're going to sit there and, and kind of criticize what's going on. But the thing with, you look at his situation, right? A vet came back, work working his butt off just to put his son in a proper place to get a proper education to keep him out of the system, right? You got a, a him and his mom is split up. Um, him and his wife is split up, Kajani's mom. Um, all these different pieces that are coming together, right? At the end of the day, when that young gentleman, and I, I forget the, the student's name that was doing the film. I forget his name right there. Um, but when he was coming to do the film, mm-hmm. he first made his introduction, that man knew exactly what he needed to do to make it happen. When he asked him, so this is only gonna be set, um, seen um, in the college camp by college professors, college students. And he went through the whole rigmarole to tell them, well, if the right people see it, it could probably hit the whole world. The light went on for that man. And that man, from that point on, he knew what, could, what would have to happen 
if it came down to it. Because at that point in time, we hadn't got the grand jury decision yet, right? So once that grand jury decision came down, that man was already plotting. Once he knew that this could potentially reach the whole world because there was a message out of, the, out of his son's death, out of the possibility of him, um, whatever would happen to him and his family, there was a message that needed to get out. And this may be the only chance that was what he, he took from that situation. That's what he saw as it out. And it didn't matter what people were gonna say, he did this, he did that. He wanted the message to get out about what was going on and it ultimately led to the death of his son. So when I think about that and I play every single thing back, the man was brilliant. Um, again, there's some people who would go against and say he he did the wrong thing. What I, I understand, but as a parent, I'm like, you have what I'm gonna do to vindicate my son's name and his death, but also at the same time, what I needed to do to ensure this doesn't happen for somebody else. So when you shoulder all those things on your on your on your back, and then you have your system of, of surrounding buddies that are going to support you no matter what, mm-hmm. like it was it was impeccably done. The movie, yeah, was I great, and I and I think the situation played out the way it would in real life, but the way it would really make an impact. And then, but then at the end, you saw the movie how it was going to be played out anyway, because he knew what was going to happen. The news reports, everything like that. Yeah, that's that's what killed me. That part, I I ain't gonna lie, I had to share a tear on that part because that's the same storyline that we get Mm -hmm. every single time. Yeah, every single every single time it's played up all the mental health issues, religious issues, caught up in the wrong religious thing and gone off Mm -hmm. haywire. Oh, let's go to the sports break. This other young black athlete is doing this, like right. That's the same headlines we see every single day. That's the same Mm -hmm. line you hear when they try to downplay everything else that happens. It, it it makes it made me shed a tear because I've heard that story so many times. Man, you only said one. I mean, depicted in in this movie, like I was glad, but I was sad at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it uh, but again, you know what I mean. Uh, and 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 if you look at, so we've we've talked about. Uh, one night on South Beach, and then we talked about now we wear an American skin, but it doesn't matter what level you're at, mm-hmm. there's still something coming for you, right? right? Yeah, like as soon as there's anything that you're trying to do, like on the one hand, you're trying to advance people, okay, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you're just trying to live your life, that's right, and go about and just mind your business, but it still comes to you. And then when it does come to you, now you go out to get justice as somebody who has served this country, somebody who's just doing your thing, and that doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and what I really like about the movie is they didn't just talk about black people. He was very strategic. Mm-hmm. It was black and brown people, right? So it was mainly black and Spanish people and what's going on. And I love the fact that he covered that. And then there was even that battle between my man uh theo <laughs> um and 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 the 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 hispanic uh inmate yeah. prisoner whatever whatever you want to call him so you speak spanish carol you knew what they were saying because i was i was wishing and hoping for oh, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Uh, from yeah, some, yeah, yeah. some subtitles man you want to break that down for a player real quick I mean, the, the the bottom line was that he was basically telling them hey man look you you you've forgotten who you are um 
and, and you use this badge as a way to kind of separate yourself to, to think that you're better than us, that you're better than me and you're no better than me. You know what I mean? Like, like even look at you now, even what you're doing now um, is worse than what I am. Um, so it, it was basically that, that, that type of, that type of play going on back and forth. And I was really in, I was really surprised that there, there were no subtitles. And right. like they, they didn't translate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I'm sure that was something that he did with intention. I, I, I wish I could. I, I ask think him. they did a good job with the, the police officer giving an interpretation of it, though. You didn't have to understand it. Yeah. It would have yeah. been good to see it word for word, but he did a good job. But you knew. And you knew You're based right. on his reaction uh-huh. that what dude was saying was getting to him, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. that The movie was so, uh, it was, it was, it was a lot. It was, it was inspirational at the time when I watched it because we had so much going on with the baby and getting life back to normal or whatever. And so when I watched that movie, it kind of puts a lot, it put a lot of into perspective um, and how we are going about our day to day and what, what we're doing, what's important, um, especially on a larger scale. And, you know, even, you know, BJ, you mentioned it, you know, how people kind of say, you know, was that the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do um, as far as how Lincoln Jefferson handled the situation? I don't really know that there's a wrong answer um, Mm -hmm. in that. I really think it's uh, it just boils down to what you feel. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, not only that, but as a greater society, you had the opportunity to do the right thing so that we don't in this situation. Exactly. And And it's been been decades that you've had the opportunity to try to write this because we know what's going on. And just that comment right there brings me to Judas and the Black Messiah because decades. I wasn't abreast to Fred Hampton and the Black Panther Party. And it's crazy because I have two books on them. um, And I heard Fred Hampton's name in a song maybe a month or two ago before I even knew Judas was coming out and started looking into him. Um, I was like, wow, this is a crazy story. I need to, you know, read up on this because I, I, I just wasn't familiar. But decades of COINTEL Pro type things going on. Now, I don't know how long COINTEL Pro actually was uh, a situation. We all know Hoover and, you know, the racist and, you know, oh, it, we know his... I'm sure it still exists. They just don't call it COINTELPRO. <laughs> exactly. So after seeing, you know, Judas, I'm just like, okay, how long before we're in a position to sue the, to sue the government because of these types of atrocities? I feel like the evidence is overwhelming in, it, in, in, in any regard. But they've been sued many times, and, 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 and we've won. Now, was the level of compensation we received where it should have been? Probably not. Yeah, I think they had but, a clip but, at the but, end of. Uh... But there's things that we've won that doesn't get publicized. Like nobody talks about it. Like you have to go research it and find it. Well, yeah, no, I, I not knowing enough about that. I'm just, I'm, I'm still stuck at the point because. Every forward step in society is shot down. And yeah, we're used as pawns inside of our own, uh, you know, institutions or organizations or whatnot. But 
it's the root is where the root is. Like it's rooted in either the government or racism or what have you. So like you said, there's been dozens of opportunities to write these situations. What does it take going on at this point to write these situations? You know, when do we ourselves write these situations? You can't even write. You can't write it because, because, because you don't know. You need all the facts to write it or you need all the facts to even bring it up. And, and that's the issue is that nobody really has all the facts. And that's why when we talk about institutionalized racism, people don't understand what that actually means when we say institutionalized racism. Institutionalized racism is the fact that I knew nothing of Fred Hampton until I was 34 years old. That is as a prime example of right there. Let me ask you a question. Why, now, now that you've seen it, you've gotten a little bit of exposure, and I've known about him. Why haven't you heard of Fred Hampton? Oh, because of what it does for you as a person. I mean, you don't want many more Fred, not you, the this country or whomever, the system, you don't want too many more Fred Hamptons, you know, creeping up out of that. You don't need... But why don't they want Fred Hampton, specifically Fred Hamptons, right? They're, all these because other, they don't want revolutionaries. Like, but hold on now. There was other people in, in, in the Panthers that were revolutionaries, right? You, you, you know their names. You know Huey P. Newton. You know Bobby Seeley. Mm-hmm. You, you know uh, uh, his, his former name is, is um, Stokely Carmichael, mm-hmm. right? You know these cats. You you know Elder Elder Cleaver. Mm-hmm. Why don't you know Fred Hampton? That's easy. Yeah. No idea. No idea. Because of what he was yeah, able, what he was, what he what he was creating. When I watched the movie, I didn't know what I've heard the what I've heard of the Rainbow Coalition. Had no true idea what it actually was until I saw the movie. So when you look at what this dude was able to create, the same reason Martin had to go, the same reason Malcolm had to go, the same reason Mega Evers had to go. So you are able rapping, to organize. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What, what, what you saying, BJ? I'm sorry. Serving, rallying, and adding value to the lives of minorities was a detriment. Minorities. Minorities. Not just black people. White society. Mm-hmm. When, when he started organizing everybody when it, i knew for him that i didn't know all the details in the story like when he walked into the the, the basically the kkk meeting it was mm-hmm. happening there like mm-hmm. that part i didn't know about like i knew he rallied people together but i didn't know to the extent to the facts that that's true i'm pretty sure they did their i'm hoping they did the research and i know he, he unified a lot of people but again that scene right there <coughs> and then the the piece that um what was the, the young lady's name? Um, Don? His, uh, his, um, his wife? Yeah. Wife, his new girlfriend. Girlfriend at the time, and she was, their, their power together, right? As him as that voice and her as that, get your mind straight and use what you know to empower your voice and, and amplify it. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a dynamic duo, right? That right there was the, the, a true showing of what, when two people get together with that background to support each other, can happen. Because he was he was already a name, 
But see, it, it, and, and you're absolutely right. And, and you're on what I was going after, right? All these other folks, when you kind of look at their image, it was kind of polarizing and, and a little bit of like your, 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 your dialogue and your rhetoric is driving separation, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where she came in and said, hey, if you were more careful on how you choose your words, you yeah. would connect to more people and move more people. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what started happening. And if you look at the people started coming around, it was like, whoa, like, so that church scene actually happened where when he got out and all these people came mm-hmm. and there was people of all races, all color, creed, everything that were there, that, that actually happened. So when you think of this man is taking all the disenfranchised people, all the people that uh, maybe we're not reflecting or, or, or maybe we're not actually being the land of the free and the home of the brave for and the equal opportunity. He has the ability to unite all these people. And this is the guy he could come up and be this black Messiah, but he's not just being a black Messiah. This dude's being a Messiah period. And I was on top of all that. I was just amazed that he was only 21. Right at that. 22, what, 21, 22 years old. Yeah, 20, yeah. That's 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 the crazy part. Like going through all that and having having that, just that's that's a gift you only get once and everywhere. Wow. So to have that so much power, so much power through words. At that age, I, if he had, if he had made it to fifty, what would have been that? Just crazy. I mean, you just think about it. He had the opportunity to unite so many organizations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just in Chicago at the time. You know, he was only local right. at the time. What happens when that grows? You know what I'm saying? That's the threat right there. Mm-hmm. That's the threat. And we start looking at what is more common in between us versus what separates us. <laughs> Goes big. I, just, I, just they, I wonder if was coming though, because he was getting the invites from other places to come speak and and do stuff. That was that was part of the, the storyline. So it was happening, and people were sending them again, even with um Bill Bill's character, right? Um, Wild Bill, whatever. Yeah, they yep. back and forth a couple of times between the column. Between even with Bill's character, like even him in that instance, and you saw his struggle with what he was supposed to be doing to then what he, his conscience actually got to the better, better of him. Like when he saw what was going on and what was happening, the impact they were having, the impact he was having it, right? They were sending people from other places to come check out what they were doing. This 21 year old man leading mm-hmm. this group of, uh, leading the whole city at that point in time of dis- disenfranchised people. When they bombed that place and he was in jail, like the amount of support that came back to help them rebuild just because of the reputation he had and the support he engaged with everybody else. Yeah. They were seeing the people to come left and right to learn from them what they were doing. So even Bill had to recognize that, yo, I'm part of something greater here. And what I'm doing, this ain't right. But he still did it. He, I mean, not only, not only did he do it, but he spent several more years in the Black Panther Party giving them, giving out more information. Yeah. 
But when you look at the whole thing, though, I understand why they got to do this. Because at the end of the end of the day, he's still doing all this, turned his back on him, but he still ended up killing himself. <laughs> Come yep. Yeah, and that was because only couldn't. only after you know your documentary comes out, and you actually get to see. He got like the. I feel like that's what it was. He got to see the bullshit that he was spewing on tape or whatever, and had to like really like live with that i guess i don't know that's crazy I, I think that really was his that conscience finally got ate him up inside he couldn't do no more he gave the yeah. and like that and that was it wasn't that he already knew he already knew he just needed to get it out and that that eyes on the prize too was the way for him to get it out and then they said within two days or two i forget what the number i think the night the night of the night of yeah the night it aired like that was the plan to get go he so have you seen Air's conscious? But did you have you seen Eyes on the Prize too? Because I haven't watched it. But it was years ago when I watched it. it like I when it first it. came out, I remember. So did he actually like show remorse? Because the clip that they showed in the movie, it looks he tried to say, "Oh, I was part of the revolution." You know, I was doing. You know, you got people. You got couch revolutionists, and I'm, I'm in. I'm in the thick of it, so I don't care what nobody got to say. It well, was vulnerable, but yeah, that's how he tried to spin it. Yeah. Hmm. It's like there, there's no remorse there, and it. So, yeah. and 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 I want to talk about all, all three movies because I have a I have a much greater, um, kind of feeling about all three of them. But um, I sent you guys yesterday <clears throat> a video yeah. of of Ben Crump, and I missed that. Oh, you missed it? I sent it in, uh, I think it was on IG, because that, that's where they, they actually video. So two days ago, um, they actually came out, and the cousin of the NY, of one of the NYPD, of, NYPD officers that was undercover in the nation uh, with Malcolm, and he's actually the guy that orchestrated Malcolm's security team being arrested. It was either a week or two weeks before. He just died in November and he made a full confession to his cousin and wrote, you know, confession, deathbed confession, everything he was a part of. Um, I didn't know that they, that group was called the Panther 21. Uh, No Panther 21. Yeah. Panther 21 that was arrested because allegedly they were planning to bomb the Statue of Liberty, but he was the one that gave them the idea and was coercing them to go do it. In that group was Afeni Shakur. Wow. And that's how she ends up getting arrested and going to jail. And that's how Tupac ends up being born in jail. Mm. Right. But what they, 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 they ended up also arresting the two people that were in charge of Malcolm security so that they would not be at the Audubon ballroom mm-hmm. that week when, when he actually got assassinated. Mm-hmm. So he confesses to this. Um, I think they intentionally were very vague in the reading of the letter that he wrote and he's wrote a, a full book and memoirs or where they put it into a book, but I think they didn't give details that people are looking for because you got to be able to build your case and you can't put the stuff out there mm-hmm. you know, with names and everything because now they can start building their defense mm-hmm. but he even said that 
the people that ended up getting arrested and going to jail, they have nothing to do with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we saw that in, uh, what's it called? The Netflix documentary. Yeah. Right. Curl, so, did you want to... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Did I want to what? I was say, did you want to save your tie-in? No, 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 no. We can talk about it now. So, so when I watched this, right, and and you said that we're coming to the end of Black History Month, and when I was thinking about everybody else's month, whether it be Women's History, Hispanic Heritage Month, whatever you want to make it, we don't go back and look at all the atrocities and all the things that have been done to these people. We just celebrate the greatness. Mm-hmm. And for me, all these movies coming out at one time, this thing being released with 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 you know who actually killed Malcolm, to me, I feel like it serves a greater purpose, and it's actually to continue the post traumatic stress disorder. God, yeah, wow, right? Because you look at this and you just like, man, it doesn't matter. You could be Malcolm X, you could be Martin Luther King. You can be Muhammad Ali. You can be, you can be, you can make it um, and be this Grammy award-winning singer. You could be a, a, a vet. You could be somebody that just wants to help your people. And there's a great chance that something's gonna happen to you. Or, or, or they're gonna be able to reach out and touch you somehow. Right. And to me, I'm just like, man, does this stuff serve a different purpose than what we look at? Like, we look at it like, okay, we're looking at our history. We're kind of honoring it and whatnot. But at the end of the day, when you look at that and you know it's triggering, like like we've all said, hey, this was triggering. Like, watching all three movies triggered, right? And and, and we, we are fortunate enough on this particular podcast that we've all reached a level of success that maybe is, you know, becoming more common, but it didn't used to be. Mm-hmm. What about our brothers and sisters that, you know, they haven't made it, they haven't made it to the level of success that they want. Like, how do they look at those things? How do they process that? And for me, that's the part that's just like, man, I feel like this stuff serves a different purpose. That's a good. Uh, that's a, that's the other side of the coin, I would say. I guess because uh, I mean, it's it's definitely a different perspective, and I could definitely see that. Um, you know, higher powers, but you know, when you look at who's putting out, you know, this content, um... does that? Does mean? <laughs> I I I look I mean, no, and and I think that it's very interesting that that makes complete sense and how it's all. It, it all dropped in February, and I, I'm sure it was all a reason behind it. And I, I always do think there's some greater. I, I like to look at the the companies that are putting it out to see where it is, see what names are the actual like the bronze and all the, the big names behind it. It's allowing it to be be done, even though it's being directed by you know black persons or forth or whomever. I want to see who's behind it because I want to see what other movies they're putting out as well too next mm-hmm. month or before that. Um, but I also think that like, I didn't know anything about much about Sam Cooke. I didn't know I knew about him, but like to know that story that they did Jim Brown learning about him. So I took it as an f- opportunity for me to go, oh wow, this is a learning opportunity to understand and dig deeper. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I'm happy when that Miami ended the way it did, where it left you like this is still okay. Like it's not, it didn't leave you like Mary Skin did or or you know like Juice Messiah did. 
Like, no, it, it, it left you a couple weeks before Malcolm got assassinated. Right, exactly. So, so you were, you knew it was coming, but you you were able to like be in that moment and be and be okay with this is this is where it is or this can happen. Um, so yeah, it, it was just for me it was educational, but I do see that, and I I never understood why so much weight. I mean, every year they put out a heavy movie. I mean, with last year wasn't it? Um, Harriet Tubman came out in February last year. Like that whole movie Harry about Tubman. her. And then they had another before that. Like it's like it is. I mean, and you wanted to come out in that, but why can't it come out in October? Why does it have to be dropped in February? Why can't it be just a regular, regular drop in some other time? So I mean, it's almost like yeah, here you go, here goes something to celebrate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and that's that goes back to, and I'm gonna take back to why I appreciated United Black Students at University of Miami because we celebrated Black Awareness Month. Yes, we talked about history, but it's supposed to be. That's the time where we we program basically to make the rest of the university community aware of things that are going on. Whether we're talking about historical things, whether we're talking about celebrating the greatness um, from many different from the diaspora, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the real understanding that you should be learning this history all year long. This is where you're really celebrating and making the rest of the world who may not take it on their own making them aware of the greatness and the contribution and everything that's going on. Not right. just going back and, and li- looking at the, 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 the trigger effect, like all, all the historical things, the atrocities. And, and, and yes, we have to talk about those things, but this should be the month of... Celebrating the diaspora. Yeah. Period. Like, like why, why, why do we not take a, a, a bigger um, concentration in... January, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, January, uh, celebrating the Haitian Independence Day, right? Mm-hmm. Jamaica Independence Day when it comes back along in uh, my family going genocide. The family going to kill me because I, I can't remember it right now. <laughs> but well, I mean, these are different things that like that are part of the diaspora that had an uh, that did have an effect on us here in the U.S. in the long term, right? So there are things that have happened in the Caribbean and and even in Africa that ended up transpiring and having an effect over here. You go back to Marcus Garvey and the whole Back to Africa movie. You go all these other things that that are a part of society as a whole and things going on and you have different sects of the community going in different ways and based on who was around them and whose voice they heard. But there were great things happening all over. So from February 1st to the 28th, 29th on a great year, right? That's when you should have the celebration and making everybody else aware who don't know, this should be the, shouldn't be the time that quote unquote blacks are learning this information as well. Like you should be learning this stuff all year round. And this is the time to, to take what you know and what you learned and like throw it out on stage for the rest of the world. Cause they're not taking the time. It's not in the curriculum. People aren't picking up the books on their own. And, and they really have not had the chance to even research cause they don't even know where to begin at. It, that's yeah, where another side mm-hmm. conversation I want to have with you. Right. Where do you begin? Go ahead, Art. I was just I'm just thinking like I didn't take African American studies, but you did, Kay. And like there are things you know because of that, the classes that are just that were kept in that bubble of classes. And unless you or someone else in that class talked about it, that was it. Like mm-hmm. there's not, it's not, I mean, there's there's black sections at the libraries, but there's not. Like you got to go deeper and deeper um, in these things to get information out of it. That whole shelf down there is in 
African American history courses from the University of Miami, the books we read in that class. Yeah, are you took it too? Yeah. Yeah, didn't didn't take it. Didn't didn't know anything about it. Let me tell you about this. I had no idea about the Philly bombing happened in Philly. And I lived in Philly. Born and raised there. Never knew anything about it. No one talked about it. My mom, I asked her that when, when we when it came out again and something happened on Netflix somewhere, they showed it, showed it. And I asked her mom about it. And she's like, oh yeah, that happened. And I was like, why didn't you say anything about that? And she goes, oh, you know, it just, it just happened and we just moved on for it. I'm like, well, that's not how it's supposed to work. Like, it's not supposed to be just, you moved on. Like, why is that? But then that goes back to America's skin. And why are we the ones that always have to take it on the chin and take the other chin and then just move on with it? Yep. Agreed. The Bronx is burning. The Bronx is burning. Well, we're going to let that lie there. We're going to let that lie there. Art, I'm going to come to you in a second for the Arts Corner. And then, Coach K, you're going to wrap us up. Uh, before we get to all of that, uh, I want to remind everybody you can get this podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Check the site, the13thfloorpodcast.com, man. Get your merch. Uh, subscribe to us. You know, send us a... Anchor, ah, yeah. Send us a message, man. Let us know what you think of the show. Leave the comments on the YouTube page. Tell Art how great he is and how amazing the YouTube is. Um, shout out to our over 100 subscribers on the YouTube page. We going up, baby. Let's keep it going. Keep the uh, keep the momentum flowing. Uh, and Art, I'm gonna pass you the mic, man. What you got for the corner today? So this, today's a heavy day, um, and I didn't share much earlier because I wanted to save it for this moment. But um, one of my frat brothers of my chapter, Damon Bethel. You remember him passed away this morning. Um, so uh, it's it's pretty heavy. Young, 91 uh, was the year he crossed. Big yes, big day. Yes, Diamond D um, passed this morning. We still don't know what happened or why or what the cause was, but he was a, he was a, a, one of the best brothers ever. Um, also a Mason, um, also a teacher, a educator, a mentor. Um, and I just want to just give this give this time to him. Um, he's always been there. He's always a uniting force in our chapter to keep everybody together. And um, yeah, uh, Damon Bethel, man, Diamond D, will be remembered forever. Uh, and I'm sure we'll do something big for him uh, as a chapter. But I just wanted to let everybody know that uh, we lost a good one this year. We lost a good one in 2021. And uh, and uh, yeah. yeah okay, so not much not much to do. Not much to corner there. But just oh. I will say this, um, Damon had just had a new baby boy. Um, so that's going to be tough. So we're going we're to take care of him as a chapter. But I want to make sure that we all listen to the podcast, all of us here on 13th Floor, all of the, the guests that come see us. Make sure you are covered. Make sure you have your insurance. Make sure you leave something behind, not just your knowledge. We said it before, not just your knowledge or your information. Take care of your family. Make sure you are insured. So if something were to happen to you in a whelm, your family's taken care of. Make sure your insurance, if it's, if it's, if it's whole life, if it's um, a term, whatever you want to do with it, get something so that, God forbid, if anything happens to you, your family, your children are covered. And there's no, there's no need for a GoFundMe page to help for your funeral costs or for anything else for your family. Take care of them now. The cost of insurance is dramatically low. If you get into it right, get into it now while you're young enough, even your older is still there, but don't leave it behind. Break that chain by making sure you leave them something 
to move forward with and keep them going. Because you don't want them to start back at the bottom again, um, trying to struggle because they're the the man of the house or woman of the house or the the other half of that um, income is now gone. So now you drop them back down to poverty. Um, so Damon was good. Damon had everything good to go. Pension was all good. So there's no worry on his aspect. But that brought me to think about what we need to do as people is to make sure that we are wills are in place. You have your your insurance in line again. Your orders are all fair. Even if you're in the best best health, you never know what can happen. Walk out your door or sleeping at night. So please be careful. Please make sure you are set up. Get it all taken care of. Um, yeah, that's my uh, my corner today. Well, prayers up to the family, the chapter, everything. Damon was a good man, man. Absolutely, man. Condolences and prayers, strength to the family and chapter. Um, unofficial moment of silence there. Thank you. Coach K, you, were, you ready? You warmed up, ready to go? <laughs> That's not your real question. Your real question is, hey, man, how you going to follow that? <laughs> 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 that's, that's your real question. Uh, you know what, man? I mean, you guys are right. Like, this is – I'm sorry. It's been a heavy month. What all has happened is just kind of like, okay, we went through four years of well, we're going through COVID and day after day, it's just like people are checking out. Uh, you, you, you look at all these great people that, that attempted to do great things and, and they left great efforts Um they made great actions that were incomplete. And there's so many of us that we're stalling or we're waiting for the perfect moment. And there is no perfect moment to live. Like you just got to live your life every single day, every moment. I mean, I know it's cliche, but there are people listening right now that you, you got a great idea or you got, a great gift, a great purpose, and you're second guessing yourself. And before you know it, for whatever reason, that that time could be gone. And you don't know if it's at the hand of just nat- nature and life. You don't know if it's at the hand of a police officer that pulls you over. You don't know at what moment. And I just think that for everybody, look, forget what you think might happen, forget who you think might not like you, uh, is not going to like what you're doing. You just got to move forward because at the end of the day, your life might be the thing that gives somebody the motivation to do something else in their life or to go that next step in their life. And I don't think we think about that piece. We just think about what's my responsibility from day one to my last day here. But to some degree, your responsibility has carryover, whether it be to your offspring, somebody else's offspring, another generation, another person that may not be related to you. And I don't think we think about it that way. But just because you don't hit, have something financially to leave everybody, that doesn't mean that there isn't something in your legacy that you can't leave for people in, 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 in your memory. And that's the biggest thing that we could pass on. And at some point, it's not about passing on, but it's about celebrating. And we just talked about that. 
I don't even want to do Black History Month anymore. Like, I'm done. Like, okay, yeah, there's a lot of stuff we don't know, but you know what? There's a lot of stuff that we don't know ahead of us. And if we don't start working on that and we steady looking back, we're not going to progress. We're not going to move any further. We're going to be stuck here talking about the same people and they're going to drop the same little nuggets for us on the same people from the past. And there's nothing that that's doing for us right now. Like, don't get me wrong. It might be doing something for their family members that, you know, they might get some type of monetary compensation. They might get some type of official apology. I doubt it. But in the meantime, the rest of us got to carry on. We all can't be sitting here looking at a small handful of people. We all have responsibility towards the future of our people, towards the future of all disenfranchised people. And I think we saw a great example of what happens when we can unite and we understand that, uh, as my man Malcolm used to say, or, or, uh, or Malik Al-Shabazz, I'm going to mess it up, but y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, never mind. I'm not even going to try to do it again and butcher it even more. Um, but he used to say, look, we all being oppressed by the same oppressor. And when we talk about oppression, we're not necessarily just talking about the fact that uh, you can't move out the hood. That's not what we're talking about. You're being oppressed intellectually and with your ability to apply that wisdom and to share it. And it's happening to people just based on the fact of your financial status. It's happening to you on, 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 the, on, the, on the basis of your access. That's got to stop. We, we, we can't take no for an answer. We got to walk through doors we've never walked through before. Um, we got to unite. And if everybody's waiting for Messiah, and I'm not saying that they are, maybe they're not. But if a whole bunch of Messiahs came up at once and some disciples, we'll be, we'll be real strong. And the thing is, you got to hold each other accountable and you got to be able to bear your truth in front of everybody and be who you are. Malcolm was who he was. Muhammad Ali was who he was. Jim Brown was who he was. So was Sam Cooke. And because they were able to be vulnerable with one another, they could give them that confidence. They could give them the, that true, um, you know, critique that was gonna get them to that next level. And unfortunately, there are too many of us that we're too scared to be vulnerable with one another. You just heard several of us talking about, man, we, we, we shed tears. BJ said he shed a tear, I shed big tears. Like, wow. That's what we face every day. So I think the sooner that we get past that, 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 that great energy, we can get to that greater energy and tap into that source. And I know Faison's probably mad at me. He's like, man, this dude is on here rambling. But when I tell you something has to change, like we, we can't continue the way that we are and wait another 50 years before the truth comes out about something. Go outside, go, go, go out tomorrow and live a truth. Or you listening today, when this is done and you hear the song, the 13th floor, y'all, you need to figure out what your truth is that you're going to live after that moment.
There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for listening here with us on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Hey, 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 hey.